Hello, this is Bayo Fadjuba. We're so excited that you are joining us today. If you're a part of our DCH family, whether in person or online, we would love to connect with you. Please find us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, or you can even join us on our website at www.dch.church. We can also get you plugged in via the Church Center app where you can find our connect groups, upcoming events, as well as given options if you would like to help us spread the gospel of Jesus everywhere. I hope this word today blesses you, encourages you, and inspires you to greatness. Let's get started. Good morning, DCH. Good morning, DCH. If you are happy that you are alive and well, let's put those hands together. If you are happy and you know, clap your hands. Now I know we are alive. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's Memorial Day weekend and we would like to acknowledge the servicemen, uh, retired and those who are serving currently. Uh, at our church today. Some may be online, at least I know one that uh, has been posted out, but is there anyone, please, in church today, if you serve in the military, would like to acknowledge you at DCH. Amen. Let's put our hands together, please. Let's just put our hands together. If we don't mind, I'd like us to stand and um, let's acknowledge with a minute of silence the people that were killed in Uvalde. And for me personally and the Redeemed Christian Church of God, yesterday was a little tough because... Um, we buried one of our pastors, a general, a dental soul that served the kingdom of God so well. Served, I served under him. Um, we were in different committees together. Uh, the pastor of uh, Restoration Chapel in Bridgenot, Pastor Kamal Sanusi. If you don't mind, I I'd like for us to observe a minute silence, not just for the military men and women that lived, served, and died in the several battlefronts of the world so that all of us can be a part of the American dream. For the little children that died in Uvalde and for Pastor Kamal Sanusi, please let's bow down our heads for one minute, please. Heavenly Father, we want to commit the families and the wounded warriors that we celebrate in the United States this weekend into your hands. It's tough, Father, to lose a loved one, whether at home or at the battlefield. 
Lord, we lift up Pastor Mrs. Kanao Sanusi into your hands. Lord, we pray for the parents, the siblings, the little children that are alive in Uvalde, that experienced, saw, heard, or were part of what happened. Please, Lord, we ask for strength. Lord, we ask for grace. Lord, we ask that you would comfort their hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, traumatic experiences like this, it's not just for the moment because after the hue and cry and all the noise, everybody goes back. The politicians would go back to Washington. The reporters would go back to announcing the next breaking news. They would be left with the shreds and the pain of their loved ones. Father, we ask today, the months and the weeks and the years ahead, Lord, we commit them into your hands. Underneath them shall be your everlasting hands. You would carry them through moments of loneliness that can't be explained with words. You will protect them, Father, and it shall be well with them. It shall be well with the United States of America. Amen. Father, this land remains the land of promise. Amen. And the hope that America represents, nothing will take it away in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we are grateful to you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. This morning, before we take our seats, we've been talking about the creativity of God. The God that created the best, which is you and I, human beings, as his masterpiece. I want us to pray for ourselves that if this God is a creative God, if indeed it is true that he created the heavens and the earth in six days, it means whatever it is that you and I can dream of, think of, ask for, or imagine. Within six days, heaven can change our situation Amen. from bad to good, Amen. from good to excellent. Amen. For those who think where they are right now is the best they can ever see in life, there is a God in heaven that can take you to places you never dreamed possible. It will look like a dream, yet it will be reality. I want all of us to ask today for yourself, for the people around you, that this service and for those watching us virtually online, that we would experience the creativity of God where medical science has failed. For those trusting God for babies, for those trusting God for a husband or a wife, for those trusting God for a new job, a new house, a new car. For those who are mentally confused, emotionally confused, we ask that the creative hand of God will rest upon your heads right now. God would begin to give you solutions to the most difficult challenges and problems in our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. 
I want us to please pray that the creative hand of God for those who you assume that the ta your time is past, that you have passed your prime, that God Almighty will unwind time. He would renew your youth like the eagles in the name of Jesus Christ. I want each of us to talk to God this morning. For those who are watching virtually, wherever you may be, driving or flying in the air, we speak the word of God into your spirit, man. We command the word of God to mix with flesh and to come alive in you in the name of Jesus Christ. We change naughty situations around. We say the Lord of God Almighty, the one that spoke and it came to pass, he would begin to speak into negative situations. He would begin to speak into good situations to make them better in the name of Jesus. You are the God of yesterday. You are the God of today. You are the God of tomorrow. Father, Lord, we stand on the precedent of your word and your miracles yesterday. We declare, Father, you will do that which you did yesterday in the lives of the people of faith, the people of old. You will reenact such miracles in our, in our lives in the name of Jesus. We command Red Sea to part. We command mountains to become flat ground. We command the walls of Jericho to come crashing down in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit divine, begin your creative work. Every sickness in the body, every spirit of cancer in that small boy, we command in the name of Jesus, your system would begin to fight every negative virus, the virus called COVID-19. Your system would begin to fight it. Your system would begin to fight cancer. Your, your system would begin to fight every negative prognosis and diagnosis that is contrary to life and fulfillment of purpose in the name of Jesus Christ. We receive wisdom for those who are failed. We receive strength to rise up for those who are falling in the name of Jesus Christ. Every dementia, Father, Lord, we, con we counteract it in the name of Jesus. For those who are down, we command you to be lifted up in the name of Jesus Christ. It is well with our spirit. It is well with our soul. It is well with our bodies in the name of Jesus. You will never see a better yesterday. For your tomorrow would be better than your yesterday. T tomorrow would be, today would be better than your yesterday. From glory to glory shall be our story in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Let the north release our blessings. Let the south release that which belongs to us. Let the fatness of the ground, the blessings on the ground upon which we walk, at your place of work, at your place of business, we command favor in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the blessings of the dew of heaven, let it descend upon each of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Everyone operating under closed heavens, we ask this day in the name of Jesus, let your heavens be opened. Let your heavens be opened. Let your heavens be opened in the name of Jesus Christ. For those who have eyes but cannot see, cannot see opportunities, cannot see their future wife, cannot see their future husband, cannot see their future jobs or opportunities that God has laid for them. Lord, I ask today, you would begin to open our mind, open our eyes in the name of Jesus Christ.
the capacity for glory. The capacity for increased depth and width and length of glory. We receive and unleash upon each of us in the name of Jesus Christ. The lines would fall unto us in pleasant places. For the hand of this creative God shall rest upon us in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. And the church say, let's put those hands together victoriously for this God. Let's have our seats in his presence. Hallelujah. Amen. Speaking about God's masterpiece, we're talking about creativity in the marketplace. But our theme for the month is God's masterpiece. When we talk about God's masterpiece, we're speaking about our identity. Who we truly are. Who we're meant to be, who we're created to be. There are times we assume we are who people say we are. Because when you've heard people tell you repeatedly negative things, it gets registered in your mind, in your subconscious. You may say, oh, I reject it, I'm not like that. But you are acting according to the limiting words that someone said at a pivotal moment in your life. Bible talks about a man called Blind Bartimaeus. That's the way the Bible actually described him. Even the Bible writers described him by the nature of his problem. His name was not, his first name was not Blind, but everybody was used to calling him, oh, that Blind, no, oh, Blind Bartimaeus. I don't know what people said you are. As some of us, we assume people have said good things. But God is saying excellent things. Way much more than the good you thought you heard. As some of us that events in our lives have painted us to believe a lie. You know, there's a story of a woman in the Bible called Naomi. Naomi means sweet. We all know the story very well. Married a good man. Married on time. Everything seemed to be working perfectly, perfectly together. Suddenly, boom. She conceived, gave birth to a boy, handsome boy, grew up to be a man. Another boy came, grew up. I mean, what else can a woman ask for? Good husband, good children, and they married on time. So everything around her looked perfect until suddenly events changed. The husband dropped dead. The first child dropped dead. The second son dropped dead. I am very sure, church, whichever man walked close to her, even if he took her on the first date, 
And he said, can I know, tell me about yourself? And he said, well, every man that comes around me, I don't know for whatever reason, they just drop dead. Let me see the man that would um, finish the meal. You will just see the men, they will just say, let me quickly, oh, that's what happened, oh, okay, so let me just go use the restroom. And they will take the back door, in fact, she will pick the bill of that um, dinner or whatever. That every man that comes around her, her husband just passed. The first son died. So she was obviously, obviously destined to live a life, a loser. But that was not what God meant for her. Now, some of us, church, that there are times what we even think about ourselves is not exactly the truth. Because there are some of us that we look at ourselves once in a while, we feel, we feel less. You may be living in a beautiful home, have all these good things that people are praying for, yet you feel empty on the inside. You look at yourself in the mirror and you feel you are not good enough. How many people agree with me, church? This is holy ground. Let's confess. You've ever looked at yourself in the mirror and you felt you were not beautiful enough, you were not handsome enough. And why, am I, why is my nose like this? How many people, church? Okay, just a few sincere people. A few Sundays ago, I sat at the back of the church there. For whatever reason, I was really down, woke up feeling really down. You know how you go through the motions, you read your Bible, you know, you kneel down to pray in the morning and all that. But that feeling, you can't shake it off. And I was at the back there. For whatever reason, tears were just coming down my eyes because I felt I was a failure. I felt I, I was in a terrible state. I was still, people were still coming around me and all that. The ushers that were at the back there, they were doing their stuff and all that. But I was feeling miserable. I was looking at everybody and I was saying, so what's the, what's the meaning of all this? And a lady came from upstairs where the Spanish service was taking place. She said, God told me to come and look for you. So she went around because I sit anywhere because I'm a Christian, came to worship God like everybody else. So she went around, eventually located me. Unfortunately for her, it was during praise and worship, so it was dark. But even though, you know, some people are light-complexioned. Some of us were black, so we kind of blend well until we do like this. That's the only thing they would... Um, so maybe I must have done like this. So she identified me and came to me. And she stood by me, she said, Pastor... And she was shivering and crying. One of the members of the Spanish service. 
said, God told me to come downstairs and tell you, you are good enough. She was crying, and I started crying. Right there at the back there. And she held my hand. She said, we love you. That God said, I should leave the service and come and meet you. So she left whatever she was doing upstairs and came looking for me. She, we, I never spoke with her. So she said, now God said, so that you will know that your life is making an impact. That I want you to follow me and come and see the people who would never have come to church or know God. But because God gave you a vision for a Spanish service. So immediately she said that I was already a wreck. So I just followed her and we went upstairs the, the pastor of the Spanish service, they was in the middle of their service. So the man saw me, he didn't know what I was doing there. I just stood there and I was just looking at them. So the pastor saw me, I said, come and talk. I said, please, I don't want to talk. I just came to see. By the time I held the mic, I busted into tears. I said, one of the grandmas here told me never to be crying in public, that <laughs> men don't cry in public. But I said, please don't make me cry in public. Let me just go and stand. But the truth of it is, I now told them what happened downstairs. And the whole Spanish church stood up. The whole service came to a halt. And they started clapping for me. That was just God. So there are times church... We're not truly who we think we are. The simple summary is that we are who God says we are. You are who God created you to be. And God summarized it all in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. I'd like all of us to please, while seated, I want you to read this scripture together because this trumps every other lie, every other thing you had been told from birth. You may not be as beautiful as some people. You may not be as light-skinned. You may not be as tall. You may not be whatever it is that is the definition of beauty, excellence, brains, and bronze, and whatever. It's important for you to know that you were made perfect for purpose. Exactly the way you are, how you look, is how the master created his masterpiece. Because that is his expression to the world, to your world, to your generation. I want all of us, if you don't mind, please, I want you to read this. I want you to say it out loud until it rings in your spirit, man, that the word of God from the foundations of the earth cannot be broken. So I want all of us to read this together. One, two, go. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus 
so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We're going to be saying those words several times during this service. And at some point, I want you, like I did, to change that we to I. I am God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece. When you get rejected by, by a lady, go back and say to yourself, I am God's masterpiece. When you get turned down on your next job application, say to yourself, I am God's masterpiece. When situations become too tough for you to comprehend, I want you to reassure yourself, I am God's masterpiece. When you are down but still alive, ticking and kicking, I want you to say, I am God's masterpiece. When life tells you you are too short and not good enough, I want you to reassure yourself in the dark. I am God's masterpiece. Because that's truly who you are. Few things from that Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 simply means, number one, we are God's masterpiece. Number two, we are created a masterpiece in Christ. Number three, we are created to do the things he had planned for us. And this tells me, church, that before the artwork that you are from head to toe, before God signed off in the book of Genesis on this masterpiece that you are, he had, he had already conceived in his mind what the purpose of this masterpiece would be. So the Bible says we are created to do the things he had planned for us. That's where the creativity in the marketplace comes in. Because the definition of success in life, church, is simply when you have done and finished the things that he planned for you. The definition of success is not the acquisition of money. The definition of success by heaven's standard is not the acquisition of properties that has made some people become so arrogant and proud. The definition of success is not access to power, whether political power or career power or whatever at work. The definition of true success that brings true fulfillment is when you have done that which he had planned for you as a person. The reason why your DNA is different from mine, the reason why your DNA is different from your identical twin brother or twin sister is because each masterpiece has its own separate identity. Has its own separate plan from on high. And for all of us, church, the place, the location of what he planned is what we call the marketplace. For Adam in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. 
The Bible said after God created him, he took him to the garden of Eden. So the garden of Eden, <laughs> Holy Spirit help me, was his marketplace. The garden of Eden was where the glory, that seed of greatness that was embedded in that creation was to find expression where he would exchange that seed of greatness for value. Where is your garden of Eden? Because for every one of us, there is a garden of Eden that he has created for you to exchange your value. If you find yourself in a different place, they may devalue you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, I repeat, says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. May you never end up in a wrong marriage. marriage is meant to be a beautiful thing, a glorious thing where on a regular basis you are valued let me talk about the definition of a masterpiece as we go on because of our time please we all know Leonardo da Vinci one of the greatest of all time, the Italian artist. Three of his best works I'd like to describe here. Number one, the Salvatore Mundi. Now, this is a painting of Jesus with his right hand making a sign of a cross. The Salvatore Mundi was purchased in New York in November 2017 for 450 million by a little-known Saudi prince who was reportedly acting as a proxy to the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman. Perhaps this artwork is the only Leonardo da Vinci work that is in private collection. Created in the 1500s. Now, the strange thing about this expensive artwork is that in 1958, it was sold for $60 because they did not believe that it was an original. Holy Spirit divine. If God says you are his masterpiece and you are selling yourself on the streets of Bissonnet for $50, They ask, what do you want? And you undervalue yourself. It's because you've lost the essence of the originality that you are. This same artwork that was sold for 450 million was at one time because of a wrong mindset. 
a wrong belief for $60. May I ask you, do you truly know your worth? That's why you would accept for someone to trample on you like a footmat. Let's go because of our time, church, to the Mona Lisa. This is Leonardo da Vinci's most famous painting. It's been described as the best known, the best song about the most visited artwork on earth. And finally, <laughs> let's talk about the Last Supper. Now, the strange thing about the Mona Lisa while we're going on is that it's worth so much that it's priceless. They can't put a price on it. And God, now that is the artwork of a man. The master of masters the creator of the heavens and the earth sent me to remind you that you are his masterpiece. If the work of a mortal man, they can't put a price on it. That's how valuable the Mona Lisa is. I want to tell you you are priceless. Some people say, oh, they pay people. Like my brother here. You can't pay me. Because I'm priceless. Oh, you can give me an allowance. So that I can take care of stuff and be able to dedicate myself to the work of ministry. But my value, your value, church, you are worth much more than the salary you are earning. That's a summary. It's got to sink into your mind. It's got to register in your spirit. The Last Supper, let me conclude because of time. One of the most intriguing paintings in the whole world. It depicts a sequential narrative by Leonardo da Vinci that illustrates very closely moments in the gospel, including Matthew 26, 21 to 28, where Jesus declared to the disciples that one of them would betray him. And this kind of depicted each disciple's bodily reaction to that statement. And Jesus thereafter, in the same story, after he had declared one of you would betray me, went on to commence and break bread with them. The most potent instrument of community and communion that the church has 
was started and commenced after he made a declaration of the greatest betrayal of all time. So Da Vinci here tried to capture from the body of each of the disciples their reaction to that statement. Which one do you think betrayed Christ? Ask, oh, someone said the one in the middle. <laughs> now, an artwork church is a mortal's presentation, is an extraordinary display of artistic achievement. It's spotless with no blemish at all. A masterpiece, I'm sorry. Spotless with no blemish. And it's as priceless as the Mona Lisa. A masterpiece is not a work in progress. It's a complete work of a master. Because while he's putting together the masterpiece, it's not referred to as the masterpiece until it is completed. So when God remember the scripture that you and I, we are what? God's masterpiece in Ephesians 2.10. So the definition, the description of a masterpiece is that it's not a work in progress. So when people tell you I am a work in progress, it's not a true reflection of a spiritual truth. Now that may sound do you agree with me? Because I'm just telling you scripture, please. The Bible, Ephesians 2:10, everything must be based on scripture. It didn't say you and I, we are God's masterpiece in progress. Oh, is that how your version? Go check. Please, let's go check it. All the versions. It says we are God's masterpiece. So we're a complete piece of work. Not a piece of a whole human masterpiece. You are not a part of a puzzle. You know, the human race is a masterpiece. So you are just one. And may I say, according to Ephesians 2, because he says very clearly that we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. May I now say that the fruit of repentance in Christ is the glory of the masterpiece. And it's revealed to show the world what had been ordained from the foundations of the earth before you were created. The question to all of us is what fruits of repentance are you showing? Let me read to us Ephesians 2 so that we'll put this in context and we'll wrap this up. Ephesians 2 from verse 1. I'm reading the New Living Translation. I'll read one verse. I want you to read the other for me. Right, church? Ephesians 2. Let's all bring out our phones and bring out our Bible. Don't go to social media, please. 
Stay with me. Ephesians 2.1, I read 1. New Living Translation. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You read 2. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. Is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. I read three. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Four. In mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Now I read 6. It says, for he raised us from the dead. Please watch this. He raised us from the dead along with Christ. Please, go read different versions of that scripture. The Bible said he raised us from the dead. Along the dead there is talking about when we were in the world, dead in sin, before we came to Christ. So the Bible says, when you come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, you are raised with Christ and you become seated where? In the, you become seated in the heavenly realm. Because we are united with Christ, we are Christ is seated at the right side of the Father. That's where you and I were seated. So each moment, heaven, God the Father, he's looking at you. He's looking at you through the eyes of, through Christ. You are covered by the blood and he's not seeing you as a weakling. He's seeing you as the new creation that is made anew, that is made perfect, that is made a masterpiece in Christ. That's who he sees. And the Bible now tells us, I need you to read this in verse 7, because we need to let this sink in. Please, one, two, go, verse 7. So God can point to you and I, in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ. As today we are pointing to the apostles, Apostle Paul, God, the Bible says God wants to use you and I as a reference point in the generations coming that see my child walked on the surface of the earth. These are the works, the, what, how he represented my glory. He wants you and I to walk the surface of the earth and leave handprints and footprints on the sands of time. You are not meant to just pass through as if you never existed. A Mona Lisa does not just exist without that generation talking about it. 
painted in the 1500s and we're still talking about the Mona Lisa today. The Bible says you are worth much more than the Mona Lisa. You are worth much more than the paintings of, of Leonardo da Vinci. You are worth much more than the paintings and the artwork and the sculpture of Michelangelo. You are worth much more than the paintings of Van Gogh. You are worth much more than all this. And as the earth and the world is still pointing and referring to this artwork as the masterpiece, Jehovah wants to use your life as a reference point in generations coming. You do not have a choice but to reflect the glory of this mighty God. You do not have a choice but to reflect the wealth and the, the wisdom of this God such that when you transition from this earth, the earth remains full of the expression of the glory you left behind. That's the plan of God. And that's what's going to happen in the name of Jesus. For the Bible says salvation in Christ is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. I repeat, so none of us can boast about it. So none of us can boast about it. Leonardo da Vinci can boast about the Mona Lisa. We can boast about, the, I mean, Van Gogh can boast about the artwork that he created as a master. But the Bible says for this artwork, for this masterpiece, none of us can boast about this masterpiece. Verse 10 now summarizes it. He said, for we are God's masterpiece. Your efforts did not produce this masterpiece. Your labor did not produce this masterpiece. Your wisdom did not produce the wealth you have gathered. Your knowledge did not take you to where you are today. The Bible said you must not boast, you cannot boast, you shall not be able to boast because we are God's masterpiece. Everything we are, all you have, multiply it hundred times over. There are people that are more intelligent than you and they have nothing. There are people who are medical doctors, but they can't find a job. There are people who have the same intellectual prowess that you have, but they can't put one and one together. Time and chance and the grace of this mighty God, the master of masters, the king of kings, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you and I, and to regurgitate that glory that was tainted in the Garden of Eden, bring you back in the name of Jesus Christ. I need to close, church. I wish I had more time. Who wants a hundred dollars? Who gets here first, gets a hundred dollars. <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 come. She got here first. Yes, you did. I'm sorry, she did. Okay, no, stay then. No, sh well, I mean, they are close. I think she did. Okay, 
Since the three of you have faith to stay. <laughs> but we've got to do one, two. Am I right? Help me. One, two, three, right? Who do you choose to be second and third? No, you are one. You came first. Oh, okay. Wow. Can you put a hands? He said we can all be one. I came prepared for extra. <laughs> and you are all one. If I spit on this money, would you still take it? You want to go back? If I, you want to go back because you can't take money that somebody spat on. No, that's, that's not good. If I squeeze it, would you still take it? This is, this is bad. You are just being carnal. This is rough. This is not good. I think she's thinking about it. Sorry? If I step on it, would you still take it? You want to go back? I think she's thinking about it. You are thinking? Wow. She said she would take it. How many people would turn it down, please? No, this is holy ground. Let's be sincere. This is, this is bad. I already walked. If I, should I tell you the places I went to? So I'm stepping on this. I went somewhere and I was, this kind of stuff that was on the ground was not good. And I'm stepping on this. You will take it? They said they will take it, church. DCH. This is my, let's turn. Let's face them. This is my message. Doesn't matter how life crushes a masterpiece. It never loses its value. Doesn't matter how many times you failed and fallen, a masterpiece never loses its value. Doesn't matter what people said about you that you are not good enough, a masterpiece never loses its value. I pray to God today as I hand over this money to the three of you. We make your life an example. Amen. A comeback story. Amen. Wherever you are failed and fallen, wherever you counted yourself out, you are trusting God for a new thing. I stand under God and I declare over your spirit. I speak to the womb of your future. 
and I say the glory that will be revealed upon your lives. Generations after you, heaven will still be pointing to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you blessed. I command your generation blessed. I command your seed blessed. I command from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, I command you blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we put our hands together for them, please? Shall we rise, DCH, and close? I stand under God today and I pray. I just don't know who God sent me to. The Bible tells us, and I'm going to close with this. In Romans chapter 6 verse 16, the Bible tells us that to whoever you surrender, you yield yourself to, you become a slave and that thing masters you. I commend you today, whatever it is, maybe you've yielded yourself to a lie that said that you will forever be limited. You've yielded yourself to believing a lie that you are not good enough. You've yielded yourself that you can't get that job, that you can't be successful in the marketplace. I stand under God today by the power in the name of Jesus Christ. I command you to be disconnected. And I ask that each of us will begin to yield ourselves to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace that can make anew. The grace that can break the yokes of addiction. The yokes of sickness. Whatever debilitating disease that has been impossible for you to walk out of. I ask today, the Bible said on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. He broke the chains of death. He came out of the encasement of the, of, the, of, of, the, of the tomb. I ask today, you are breaking free from addiction, from sin, in the name of Jesus Christ. We are coming out in the name of Jesus Christ. Glory is our portion. Success is our portion in the name of Jesus. Because we are God's masterpiece. It's not by our natural ability that we break free from sin, from addiction, from all evil mindset that has told you you can't aspire to be more than this. That you can no longer become what you've dreamt all your life that you would be. I stand under God today and I proclaim the spirit of scriptures that the spirit of Romans chapter 6 verse 16 would begin to cause you to yield yourself to the word of life in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 that you are God's masterpiece. You would begin to reflect the glory of the masterpiece. You will begin to think like a masterpiece. You will begin to walk like a masterpiece. You will begin to walk like a masterpiece. In the name of Jesus, the yoke of labor is broken. In the name of Jesus Christ, I stand under God today and I pray for all of us, everyone listening to me and those of us that are here, 
The Bible speaks of a man called Nehemiah in the palace in the sphere of politics. This man had the dexterity to wield political power. He managed the access to political power and he impacted the kingdom of God. I pray under God to all the Nehemiahs, under the influence of my voice, and I say, may God give you the dexterity of Nehemiah to handle power at your place of work, to handle power in the palaces of this earth. In the name of Jesus. The Bible speaks of a woman called Esther. She had brains and she had bronze. She had beauty and she had the elegance of a stallion. Yet she was able to speak to power and she got results for the kingdom. I pray for you this day under the unction of the Holy Spirit that may God give you the wisdom of Esther. May God give you the favor of Esther in the name of Jesus. The Bible speaks of a man called David, a man that was betrayed, bruised, and battered by people. Yet he had a kind heart, a soft heart towards the things of God. Life did not make him hardened. I pray for you. You have become hardened because you have been betrayed. Your trust has been broken by men and people you loved and honored in your life. I stand under God today. This David still became a king and a reference point till today. I pray for you in the name of Jesus. In the marketplace of the world as you go, the, may the Lord God Almighty give you a soft heart. May the Lord protect your heart. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is well with you in the name of Jesus in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, the Bible says, May the Lord God Almighty supply every need of yours according to the riches of glory in Christ Jesus. Everything you need for fulfillment, everything, everything you need to reflect the glory of God, I command you, let them begin to come to you according to the spirit of Philippians chapter 4 verse 19. In the name of Jesus, there are people that labor so hard, but they cannot eat of the fruits of their labor. In Psalm 128 verse 2, I speak the word of scriptures to you. The Bible said you would eat the fruit of your labor. I say you would eat the fruit of your labor, and you shall be blessed in the name of Jesus, and it shall be well with you in the name of Jesus. There are some people, they become great and mighty and successful, but repeated sorrow in their lives will not allow them enjoy the fullness of the blessings that God has given them. I speak to you the words of Proverbs 10 verse 22. The Bible said the blessings of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow. Everything that is linked to sorrow, every drum of sorrow, every flood of sorrow, I command the drum of sorrow to cease in your life, to cease in your home, in the name of Jesus Christ. I ask the Spirit of the Lord to raise a standard against the flood of sorrow. Every appointment unto sorrow, every appointment unto weeping, every appointment unto disappointment, I command this day, I cut off that link with you and such appointments in the name of Jesus. You shall not sorrow. You shall not weep. As we go into this week, I command the hand of the Lord will be with you. May the Lord bless your bread. May the Lord bless your water. May the Lord bless the works of your hand. May the Lord fill you from head to toe with his blessings in the name of Jesus. May the covenant of the blood work for you. 
upstairs, downstairs, and those watching virtually. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the church say, and the church say, and the church say, let's put those hands together. Now, I want you to confess that Ephesians 2.10, and you are now going to personalize it, DCH. Every one of us. For I am God's masterpiece. I have been created anew in Christ Jesus so that I can do the things for me long ago. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you so much for being a part of our message today. If you enjoyed the message, I want to encourage you to like it or share it on social media. You can also jump on our website, www.dch.church, and click the given link to help us spread the word and the good news all over the world. Stay connected and God bless you. Have a great week.